Welcome to the Thousand and One Critical Days podcast. I'm Andrea Ledson, and ensuring that every baby gets the best start for life has been my passion for over 20 years. This podcast will feature parents, politicians, practitioners, and academics who've been part of the Early Years Healthy Development Review. In each episode, we'll be exploring every aspect of the early years and discussing how we can make sure every baby gets the best start for life. Um, so I'm here today with Rachel D'Souza, the Children's Commissioner, and it's been such a pleasure to work with you on the Early Years Review over the last short while since you took on this new job. Rachel, what do you think of the Early Years Healthy Development Review overall? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the podcast, Andrea. It's a real privilege to be here. Um, and I think it is a seriously important piece of work. I mean, I'm, I'm really impressed with the review. It was the first thing I read as I came in, you asked me to look at it, as I came in to being Children's Commissioner, I think it's a critical importance as we come out of the pandemic. We know how families that might have been struggling anyway are really struggling. We know how it's important those early, early days are. We know how important health visitors visits are. We know how important the data question is. So I think you have really raised the game, raised the bar with this um, review. It's really impressive and it's just cut through thinking. Well, thank you. I'm I'm delighted at the amount of uptake that it had from parents and carers who wanted to tell us about their experiences. And there is nothing like asking people at the front end how it is for them. And I know you did the same with the big ask, asking children and young people how they feel about their childhood. But coming back to the early years review, which of the action areas, you know there are six action areas, which would you say is going to make the biggest difference? So it's interesting because I look back to my time as a teacher and head teacher over over the past 15 years um, and I've been increasingly uh, concerned about children arriving to school uh, with issues that could have been picked up so much earlier. So for me, it's that seamless focus on families. That's the thing that I think is really, really important. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It is amazing, actually, how every single parent and carer that we spoke to said, I found I was expecting a baby, I didn't know where to turn, and even if I did know, I wouldn't know what was available to me or how to access it. And so, yes, that kind of seamless, joined-up set of services that sort of enables people to get the support when they need it. I completely agree with you. That is an incredibly valuable action area. And so can you tell our listeners how the role of Children's Commissioner actually impacts on improving the early years experience of families? Yes, so a range of ways. So first of all, I think you mentioned the big ask. One of the things we do is speak to children, to young children and to parents of young children. And we did that in the big ask and got some really, really interesting interesting responses. Family um, and support for family came out as a massive issue for children, especially during lockdown and something that they really want for their future as well, particularly children whose families are struggling. When they think about themselves as adults, 
Um, they are really concerned about having great families themselves when they mm. are adults. Mm. Um, but definitely the, the greater experience of family strain during lockdown, that, that children have really felt that. Mm. Um, so for me as Children's Commissioner, um, an absolute focus on family and early family help is something that I, my office and I will be doing. We're, so we do that, yes, through seeking the views of children and parents of young children, also through the use of data. So my office has, my one superpower is the ability to collect data that others can't. If I call for evidence, it has to be given. So um, really being able to understand the experience of, of families who are struggling and what they need is something I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just want to support you in implementing this review in every way I can because I'm able to work across government and this work has to be cross-cutting. That's what's so great about about paper. So the ability to make sure that the Department for Education, Health, everyone are working together and seeing children and children and families as as um, uh, as a thing. Yeah, <laughs> as oh, a completely. Thing. Yes, yeah, just... yeah. I mean, one of the the things we found most challenging in this review is that kind of siloed working of departments rather than seeing children as being a cross-cutting issue and I think the Start for Life and of course the work you do are on the same page in the sense that we're both focused on the child themselves and not on the sort of the service itself. But um, that that does raise a question in my mind for you Rachel which is um, Of course, babies can't advocate for themselves. They can't speak. Fetuses certainly can't uh, advocate for themselves in any way at all. So for those of us who are really just focused on the period from conception to the age of two, we are focused on babies who cannot advocate for themselves. So for you as Children's Commissioner, do you think that families will always advocate for their babies? What Do you think that sometimes that's just not enough? Um, so, so I agree, and that particularly there are families that, well first of all, all of us when we first first become parents, I remember it myself, I didn't have any um, particular problem or issue in my life, but becoming a parent for the first time was, a, was you know, an amazing, a, a huge challenge, yeah, who, who teaches you, yes. you know, so, and so, there's no one off button, absolutely. yeah, and, and so families can't just learn this themselves and that's why we're massively supportive in my office of family hubs yeah. and and particularly of health visitors and health visitors in family hubs it's those little things sometimes mm. making sure that that you know someone who's about to become a, a mum you know has enough health visitor meetings face to face you know those few i remember it myself it was absolutely transformative mm. you know both before and after um, after the birth so we are huge supporters of that and huge supporters of um, family helps having health visitors in them and you are absolutely right to focus on those first few days of uh, you know the first which is it thousand and one thousand days, one days. That's the one. You know that now, <laughs> of life and yeah. how important they are and I'm really inspired by your challenge to me when we met last time of like how can we get this in the curriculum how yes. can we teach you know, um, students, primary students, secondary students, what actually it is like caring for a baby and what baby's real needs are and why yes, things are as exactly. they are. I know you've been passionate about that and your push to me has made me push the ministers on this one. I absolutely think it should be in the curriculum. Yeah, good. I'm so pleased to hear that because, of course, 
every parent wants to be a good parent, but that doesn't make it happen, does it? You actually need to have half an idea of what you're doing. And particularly, I think, for many people where they don't have extended family around, they haven't got their mum or their dad to tell them, well, this is how we did it in my day, you actually do need that supportive network. And so, um, Rachel, what do you think about, you know, we talked about in family hubs and the need for good health visitors, but what about other supporters? We know there are so many brilliant volunteers who are, you know, perhaps parents of older children or their grandparents, Home Start, for example, all of the wonderful volunteers who do so much to help parents. Do you think there's a vital role for them too? I, I absolutely do. It's almost like building those communities that we used to have. Mm. Um, and I think everyone benefits from those. Where I'm starting to think is how can we help facilitate me and make that happen, ensure that can happen? Because that natural thing of just going around your neighbour, knocking on the door, mm. saying, hey, you know, I can help, doesn't necessarily happen in the way it used to with people working. So I'm really keen and I've been exploring um, models like uh, Reach Feltham's Cradle to Career model, right. um, where they, they bring in a range of charities, um, you've got the, the NCT classes happening there in quite a disadvantaged area, and people are able to volunteer, and there's using that space and place for that to happen. It's become known in the community. Mm -hmm. So the relationships built with children right from the start, it's very much like a family hub model. Um, and we do need to be encouraging that army of volunteers to get involved. That's what we need. It's, yes. This isn't about having you know, three degrees and postgraduate degrees. This yeah. is about knowing how to, to help with early parenting and the best people are those who've done it before. Yeah, completely agree. And of course, for so many parents, it's been so difficult in the COVID lockdown because neither your mum was around to help you and nor was your health visitor physically around to help you. I mean, that. do you think that that's going to have a big impact on those new families with babies born in lockdown? Well, I don't just think I know. So as part of our Big Ass survey, um, we spoke to parents um, and carers of, of new babies and very young children, and they told us that they'd experienced stress and family yeah. stress. It's really tough. Um, and there isn't, you know, although we online support is great, nothing's the same as that face-to-face -face cup of tea. Now, I do think it will have had a bad effect, but I do think we can do something about it. Mm. Um, and that's, that's, I made it my business to phone the neuroscientists at Oxford University and speak yeah. to them and say, what, what can we do? And they're, they're saying it's good relationships, it's yes. getting that support in, you know, we are, uh, you know, babies, parents are incredibly resilient but we just need to to make sure you know we get people linked up now so absolutely. extra support now is great absolutely and you know we heard in the research phase of the early years review um from one particular program camden's bump to baby um program which they moved online as soon as lockdown happened and certainly you know parents and carers told us there they absolutely loved it made new friends online people that they can now see I mean that's just brilliant isn't it is to to have that network of support is so important when you're just full of questions as a new parent absolutely and what I'd say Andrew is your commitment to this and passion for this issue has really raised people's level of understanding in public services and across government 
you've got my full support as Children's Commissioner and let's keep going with this and, and really make sure that all these small little communities of volunteers and supporters for new families you know, can blossom and flower into this fantastic family hubs network. Wouldn't yeah. that be brilliant? Oh, completely. And thank you so much for your support. And of course, we've had this amazing spending review settlement, which I'm so excited about. I know you are. We were talking about it uh, just before we started the podcast. Do you think it's going to make a real difference? I do. I think implementation is everything. But I cheered when yeah. I saw those millions for family hubs. And I think we do owe you a bit of a debt in your lobbying and real passion. Being a pain in the neck, you mean? Yeah, I mean, we. <laughs> I tried, but you were even better on this one. Um, and I think it, it will make a real difference, and we have to make sure it does. Yes. And that's where I'm, you know, I think our next conversation would need to be about how can we look at outcomes for babies and children yes. how can we make sure if not regulation some kind of there's some kind of check to make sure that this 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 money has been used well it's going to those that need it and we're getting the outcomes we need absolutely and i'm completely hoping you will support us in delivering a proper kind of outcomes framework um, and we've talked in the past about inspection and evaluation and how to prove what's working and I think we all know that the Treasury doesn't sort of hand out the taxpayers billions lightly so if we want to continue on this amazing start then we're going to need to make the case so we need to go we're going to need to show that this is working and so Rachel last question from me what does success look like to you? Uh, success has got to be thriving happy secure families babies and young children and as having the evidence to show that 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 is happening yeah so i think for me for me it's it's seeing it in reality but it's also those family hubs really been able to show us what works and how it works so that we can actually scale that up yeah and actually we want to have uh, we want to be the nation that has the happiest young families and children, don't we? Wouldn't that be wonderful? I completely agree. And thank you so much for your support, Rachel. It's a real pleasure to speak to you. And, and to you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please be sure to subscribe through the link and wherever you usually listen to your podcasts. And if you'd like to get involved, perhaps in a future episode, or to share your thoughts, please reach out to me through my website, andrealedson.com.